for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Welcome to another podcast episode here of Agile FM. I have Jochen Apollo, uh, the creator of Unfix, which is uh, a topic we want to talk about here today. It is unfix.com. That's where you can learn more about uh, this topic. But um, we want to talk a little bit about Unfix is, where it came from, how old it is, how new it is, and uh, what it can do for organizations out there. A super interesting pattern. Um, which, I, which is important, we want to explore what patterns are and we want to also talk about what Unfix is not. Welcome to the podcast, Jochen. How are you? How are you doing today? I am good. The weather is awesome here in my uh, in my city in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Um, looking forward to the trip tomorrow to Lima, Peru. Uh, which uh, which is uh, something that I have been uh, looking forward to quite a few weeks already. It's a long distance trip, and those are nice to have every now and then. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, lots of things happening. Lima is are they interested in unfix or is this for pleasure? Of course, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I will be talking about. That's my keynote at uh, at the Lima uh, um, Agile uh, Lean Agile event. Yeah. All right, Unfix is not another scaling framework. It's not a method. It's not a framework. What is it? It's a pattern library. That's that's how I call it. Um, there are other pattern libraries such as uh, Sociocracy 3.0 and Team Topologies and uh, and so on, uh, Liberating Structures. They are not frameworks because you don't install them. That's the idea of a framework, that you have something to implement. Mm -hmm. And then you can validate or verify that you did the implementation correctly. Yeah. You can certify people uh, in, in, in the implementation roadmap. That is not what you do with a pattern library. All of the suggestions are options. There's nothing mandatory uh, with a pattern library. So the best metaphor that I have is Lego. There is not a single block in the Lego box that is mandatory for you. All of them are optional. Some of the blocks are more obvious than the others. So you will use them more often, maybe nearly always. Mm -hmm. and some are more rare for special cases, but not a single part of the Lego toolbox is, uh, is mandatory. And that's that's how I see pattern languages. That's the, the real word that specialists use sometimes, pattern language. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's what the unfixed model is as well. Well, that's interesting because in Lego, uh, a round shaped kind of a piece could be a, a wheel on the car or could be a pizza on the table, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Creativity here, right? Um, it's also interesting because you are uh, sometimes you build with Lego. Not that I haven't worked on with Lego in, in a long, long time, but um, you could build a, a house, you can build a, um, a street of houses or like a road or alignment, you can build a city, you know. Yep. Uh, and there are some exercises out there in the agile community where things are being built in isolation and then put together. Um, there are there is a guy called uh, Christopher Alexander. I was uh, exposed to uh, in the beginning of my career with this. He's an architect, right? Nothing really in the agile space, but he has influenced a lot of people in that. How did how do these people like Christopher Alexander or Gang of Four and others? There's many many people out there uh, in the community. How did they influence you or Unfix? 
Yeah, I have the book actually here, uh, one or two meters behind me, the pattern language of mm -hmm. Sir Alexander uh, that he published, uh, I think in the 70s or something. Um, he was the first one to recognize the benefits of micro solutions, small solutions to known problems that you have to combine to come up with larger uh, um, custom made context dependent uh, structures. And that is what cities are. So in the book, Pattern Language, you find uh, the public square as a pattern. Anyone knows what a public square is. You have public squares in New York City. I know quite a few famous ones. Right. We have public squares here in Rotterdam, um, but the cities are completely different. Same with the, the promenade as a pattern. There are promenades in, in New York and also promenades in, in Rotterdam and mm -hmm. so on. So this book has 253 patterns. That's quite a lot. Um, but then it's up to you as an urban planner, a city designer, to come up with um, ways of combining them that make sense within the context of the city, because some cities have mountains, others have lakes and rivers and whatever, and you have to work with the environment that you have. But then within that environment, you're going to use the familiar patterns that everyone is using. That principle you also find in, well, you mentioned it, uh, Design Patterns of the Gang of Four. That book came out in the 90s, uh, where they came up with familiar patterns in programming. The facade, the singleton, the model view controller. I'm sure many programmers listening to this know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, and it is up to you as an architect to use those patterns and combine them in any way you want, depending on what the software is supposed to do. The interesting thing is, I remember back then that some people implemented all those patterns as a framework. You could literally buy frameworks like uh, the, the .NET implementation of all the patterns that you could then install on your computer. And, and I thought, that's, that's totally not what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> With the book, you should not turn those patterns into a framework that you can then install because you're not supposed to do all of them. You only pick and choose, depending on context, what you need. And I think that is my main problem that I have with frameworks in the Agile community, uh, where you have these rigid structures where uh, something needs to be installed, like, well, let's named the big one, the Scaled Agile Framework, SAFE. Mm -hmm. They literally call the smallest version Essential SAFE. It is in the name itself. Yeah. <laughs> that, that part is essential. It is mandatory. Uh, if you do not have an Agile release train, you do not have SAFE. So you must have an ART. You must have PI planning. You must have quite a few other things that those are together the framework that needs to be installed. Right. I do not believe in that approach. I do believe that the frameworks have lots of good patterns in them, uh, but we have to break them down. We have to decompose them, deconstruct into the smaller building blocks, and then let you in your organization do the recombination, uh, figure out how to combine the different patterns from different toolboxes, safe, less, team topologies, um, yeah. whatever, they all have uh, practices that you can combine. 
And that's what I try to do with the Unfix model. Um, I just borrow the good stuff that is already out there, just as Christopher Alexander has done. Uh, cities existed before the book, um, yeah. surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> good organizations that do common sense good stuff already existed before Unfix uh, uh, came out. I just capture the good stuff. I give it a name. I give it a visual and say, well, this is what we've seen. That seems to make sense as a micro solution. We add it to the box, the Lego mm -hmm. box as one of the options. And then you take it out when you think you can apply it. And uh, the box is getting larger and larger because we need more options so that you can build more stuff with, right. with, the, with the pattern uh, language. So this, this is very interesting, right? Because what you just mentioned about the essential piece of in, in, in your example was safe, but we could probably take any, any other framework as well, right? But when we're looking at uh, the essential piece, um, it does not consider the environment you're in, right? So coming back to Christopher Alexander, it does not con uh, uh, see that what is what is the environment you're in? What's your, do you have mountains? Do you have lakes? Do you have, how do we build around it, right? You come in with the essential piece and it might not work for that environment, right? To have a little bit more of a flexible approach. I think that is, uh, uh, that, that's a good point. Now is unfixed like buffet style? Is that what uh, people out there have to see? Is like there's a collection of, uh, patterns and people go on and says I'm going to grab this I'm going to grab this and I'm grab this and I get confidence in the individual pattern but I need the skills to combine them uh, that they make sense together exactly I, I, I like that metaphor that you're using buffet style um that might make it harder to sell things to people because um I'm making them do work yeah <laughs> they have to uh 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 uh, convince people that they have to do the thinking themselves don't do just a stupid implementation of something off the shelf because mm -hmm. that is not going to work you yeah. have to do your own thinking according to your context uh, to make things work interestingly enough i just read a couple of weeks ago um in a very different context uh, the the scientific results of research into uh um uh body weight uh, uh or body loss uh, or body weight loss what is weight loss weight loss yeah, problem weight, yeah. weight loss problems weight loss yeah yeah um that was the term i was looking for and uh the evidence is in none of them work none right. of the standard programs work uh the, the they already know that there is scientific evidence of that the only thing that works if you create your own program out of the common sense suggestions that are captured in all those other programs, the standard programs out there. But it is so context specific, uh, a weight loss program that you have to customize it to who you are, what kind of body you have, what kind of lifestyle you have, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, following any standard program is, 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 going, to, is going to fail. Yes, and that is basically the equivalent of following a standard standard framework. It's not going to work. Right. You have to break it apart and use the individual uh, components because there is a lot of good advice in there. It's just the whole package that is yeah. sold that you have to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. So some of the listeners um, not fully familiar with with unfix might now think. Um, 
throw everything out and use unfixed, that's not what you're saying, right? So this is also important because we are talking about uh, safe and possibly other frameworks here right now. That does not mean that unfix is replacing these, these kind of things, right? How would they be, um, how, how do these coexist? And how do how do you envision like uh, to go into an organization and say, hey, we're all, let's say there's an organization using a framework of any kind, how does unfix pair up? um with that approach so yeah i i would like to help people stop thinking in the terms of uh, frameworks um and and how do we implement it well um some suggest that they could be good starting points for customization um i think the jury is out on that argument i'm not fully convinced that they are a good starting point i think starting from scratch might sometimes be easier than starting from a framework implementation and then adapting it um but um let's give them the benefit of the doubt people who have a framework uh, and want to customize it uh, they could look at what the unfixed model offers in this and then see what else is in the label box that we can use to start changing this implementation that we have here with continuous improvement and uh, and uh, uh, small step uh, uh, experiments to turn it into something completely different. Um, yeah. So it would be similar to beginning with a standard uh, weight loss program, but then realizing on day one that it is not going to help yeah. you'll have to you'll have to change the exact diet the exact exercises and and so on that to start sense. making it work uh, for you um that's i i can agree that that might uh, might yeah. be a good approach yeah yeah so so that's that's interesting like i i for example i, I teach a lot of adaptive work design courses for example how organizations shift and make the switch towards agility and kind of things to consider um there's a lot of talk about self-management and self-organization, obviously, in, in these courses and how to get to states like that. Does an unfix, uh, if somebody listens now more from a leadership managerial role uh, to this podcast, does, does unfix demand like a full self-organized, self-managed, like it's a radical name, right? Unfix. It's provocative, nice, nicely provocative, right? It makes you think. Uh, does that also mean like we're going to the extremes uh, with adaptive org design? How does a company steer that transition? Um, not necessarily top-down structure, but even like any kind of structure in an organization. How does Unfix change that? Um, I think what I want to achieve here is to plant a flag on the horizon and, and show people this is the direction that we want to be going. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect you to be here tomorrow um, but I want you to move in that direction. And that direction is being a networked organization with a fractal org design. Um, there are some companies, not many, but a few that have uh, evolved uh, quite far in that in that direction. Famous one is Hire, the Chinese company where I was uh, yeah. 10, 12 years ago, uh, where they reorganized themselves into a network of 4,000 micro enterprises. The four thousand tiny little companies that that uh, collaborate horizontally without big fat middle management layers, no matrix structure, whatever, and they are incredibly adaptive. They are super fast in 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 responding to opportunities. For example, when COVID hit the Chinese 
uh, economy, Hire was the one, the first one to start making masks for a face mask for half the country, basically, because that was an opportunity and they could respond incredibly fast to this uh, to this new thing emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, while normally they make vacuum cleaners and 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 uh, <laughs> and fridges and whatever, but they switched to face masks. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And um, so this is a very inspiring company as uh, that shows what you can do as a network company instead of a hierarchical matrix uh, organization. And that is, as I said, the flag on the horizon that I want to offer people. Try and go in this direction. But I do agree that it is a step-by-step thing. Um, you first want to move into the adjacent possible as uh, some uh, complexity thinkers would uh, would say you open up opportunities um uh, uh, in in a, a new direction by making small steps uh and that unlocks other doors and then you go through that door and if something doesn't work out you make a step back and you move in another direction mm-hmm. i'm sure that is also what hire has done that local experimentation before they did the big radical change of firing all the male managers basically because that was quite a uh, a revolutionary thing that was kaikaku not kaizen mm-hmm. uh, at, at that time but i'm sure they did some kaizen before they were sure about the big step they wanted to make mm-hmm. i keep telling everyone start with small experimentation i have already 150 patterns in 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 the in the pattern language uh in the model and more are coming and there's plenty to experiment with very small things that will harm nobody Um, so just start playing get some experience and uh, then when something seems to be working well you could make some more radical steps yeah uh, in with your work design assemble your city right build your city like start building somewhere right Exactly. And by the way, it's not only about organization design, uh, about crew types, team types, and, and so on. It's also decision-making methods. Um, yeah. Also about um, goal-setting patterns are coming out in the next couple of months. So uh, yeah. it's a more advanced uh, version of OKRs, uh, basically the, the whole OKRs, M, uh, MBO, KPI stuff, I have deconstructed yeah. into patterns, and that's going to be awesome. Uh, uh, I think uh, for people to to play with and make their own OKRs like approach right. <laughs> with with the individual patterns that we're going to offer. So um, yeah, organization structure, business processes, and and collaboration. Uh, there's lots of different angles on on the pattern library. You can mm-hmm. start anywhere. Whatever is the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> The smallest yeah. pain that you can address, um, start playing. I like with a Lego box. You, right. There are 4,000 different types of Lego pieces. Did you know that, Joe? 4,000. <laughs> Neither did I. Yeah. That's, that's quite a lot of options. That yeah. we have. But nobody starts with, with uh, 4,000 pieces on the table. That's right. that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. You start with a subset uh, of the, the, the more obvious ones and then... You will dig into the rest uh, later on with you when you gain a bit of uh, some yeah. more, uh, experience. Before we go into uh, one of the, maybe we can explore one of those uh, patterns. There's one thing I noticed, and I just want to follow up on this because we just talked about, you know, like leadership, et cetera, organizational change. Um, these are, this is a bottom up 
kind of approach, right? And you just mentioned like uh, some form of middle management that was reduced or removed. Um, you're not saying Unfix will not have any managers or leaders. Um, and, and I think you're very clear about this. What is the role though of leadership? If it's a bottom-up movement, how can leadership support Unfix uh, within an organization? If we're seeing on one side, there is some form of streamlining going on within an organization, which I think many organizations would benefit from as well, right? But on the other side, there might be the, 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 the questions of a leader that says, uh, I don't know what my role is in all this, right? <laughs> How can I support Unfix to make the organization a better place? Yeah, so, um, well, that's where my previous work on Management Theater Low comes in. I always say manage the system and not the people. And the very same thing I suggest with the Unfix model, where we have uh, the governance crew, which is uh, the team of chiefs, um, chief mm -hmm. executive officer, chief information officer, chief whatever, um at uh, at um uh, at the base level and the base is what at higher would be the micro enterprise some might call it a tribe um, a, a self uh a sustaining business unit whatever a, a small unit of of uh, uh maybe up to 100 people maybe a little more but not not much more than that that is the unit that we're looking at that should be autonomous, self-managing uh, with a very specific um, uh, uh, business model value proposition that they offer to either the, the world outside, to customers or users, or to other parts of the network in within the company. And that unit needs to be managed. Someone has to take responsibility for the success of that unit. All of those 4,000 micro enterprises at hire are managed by a chief. Yeah. And actually, the fascinating thing at hire is that if the chief is not doing well for three months, there's an automatic re-election triggered uh, where other people can volunteer to take up the role of the chief and see if they can do better. That is interesting. Uh, but um, I will not go there yet with my suggestions because that makes some managers very scared mm -hmm. <laughs> of their of their job. Um, but the fact is the unit needs management, but management of the unit, of the system. How does that system work? Because you need to put some constraints in place on, on how those 20, 50, 100 people in that base collaborate with each other. And um, uh, we want to make, and that's what the name is about, Unfix. We want to keep that unit as flexible, as versatile as possible with its organization structure. That means that you should try and not have managers on teams. So no manager on a scrum team, no manager on a team of coaches, no manager on a platform team or anything. Because as soon as you have managers there, you create a territories. I know from personal experience how hard it is to change those territories when you put someone there and says, this is now the place that you are going to manage and you will decide how much people get paid within right. this part of the organization. Then you, yeah, you just put into in 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 cement uh, a, a part of your organization. You you should try and not do that. You yeah. can have a captain on 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 a crew for example that is something else that is like a pilot on a plane that mm -hmm. is a person who has a responsibility for the mission 
but the pilot does not decide how much the stewards and stewardesses get paid. Yeah. They, they don't have HR responsibility. Right. They, they do report to the chiefs how well the mission has gone and who deserves some extra credits or compliments or whatever, because they know everything that goes on on that mission. But they do not have management responsibility. They are leaders, of course. Captains are leaders. That so we offer a captain role on 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 what we call crews uh, as an option. You don't need a captain, maybe, uh, but it is an option that you can consider. And I know companies have great success with mission leads, as they call them. For example, well, I call them captain, but that's the same thing. Yeah, uh, we, we call that pattern the, the, the captain role. Yeah. Um, but as long as you keep that management responsibility out of it, and with management, I mean people management, mm -hmm. HR responsibility, deciding who gets paid and career development and so on, re remove that out of the teams, put that in the governance crew level so that the rest of the basis uh, right. stays flexible. Right. Very. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, and and I think when you just said that, and you had a smile on your face about exactly like the the uh, managing the the pay and managing promotions, etc. And I think everybody out there who's listening to this right now might say, "That's true." In in my organization, that is a blocker. If we're removing that, uh, that might change the the environment, and that makes it a a case for a pattern, right? It's a proven micro solution for a common. For a common problem, so this is um, this is really cool. I want to touch on one thing you just mentioned: the word "crew." Uh, what I like about um, the the flexibility of these patterns is that you it's almost like you have name suggestions for these patterns, um, but you always uh, make the link to alternatives. Right? Where you say like you might have heard this word before, and this is really what it means over here. So it's like the name of the 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 the, the pattern, right? Um, uh, it's like in a cookbook, right? It could be a, a Sicilian uh, tomato sauce, or it could be a Northern Italian Italian sauce. But at the end of the, there will be a tomato in it, right? Uh, in in either or, uh, with subtle nuances in it. But you do speak uh, about a crew, and I think that's like one example I want to take. You just mentioned that. Um, I don't know them all from the top of my head, but there are different crews. You just said the governance crew. There's, I think, there's a platform crew. Um, this might be a, a lot of crews for somebody who looks at the unfixed in the beginning. I like your approach of starting somewhere, lowest hanging fruit you mentioned, right? But why are there different crews? What's what's the benefit of looking at the crews in, in different ways from different angles? Well, um, let's let's take the, the, the two topics uh, um, separately. First, uh, naming is important. Um, so indeed, I, I've used the word crew instead of team because the word team is overloaded these days. People use the word team for anything, basically. Uh, crew is, is a bit more specific. I use the word base for what other people would call a tribe. Some people complain about um, cultural appropriation and things like that. So I try to steer away from the tribe word. Mm -hmm. uh, base is the home, the, the, the place where people return to. I, I like that word. And uh, we use forum instead of guild because by default, people assume that guilds are things that emerge bottom up, that are always about volunteers. That is possible, but a forum could be more 
formal. So it could be something bottom up, but a forum could also be installed by managers, for example, where they say we want alignment across bases on a certain technology. Like we don't want five different testing platforms. We won't mm -hmm. own one because that's cheaper. Now you go and figure out with each other which one it is going to be. And we want a forum to take mm -hmm. care of that. So language is important, but indeed uh, people can use their own words in the pattern language you need words to identify things and i think about what is the best word that comes with as little baggage as possible but i leave it to people to use their own words in their own organization if you like the word uh, pod or squad instead of crew go ahead uh, knock yourself yeah. out yeah. Um, the second part of the question was in, indeed the different crew types. Um, I borrowed four from team topologies. Actually, uh, they simply identified four patterns uh, before I did, and I credit them for that, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, the typical value stream uh, team, scrum, Kanban yeah. team, whatever. We know how that works. And then the three exceptions, which they call uh, the enabling team, the complicated subsystem team, and the platform team. Those are three different kinds of teams that are inward facing. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I borrowed the same ones. I changed the name a little bit, um, maybe too uh, off topic to discuss all the reasoning behind it, but I just borrowed the same four. Yeah. And I added three other kinds that I thought were useful, which is experience crew, partnership crew, and the governance crew that mm -hmm. we just talked about. So right. the set is seven, seven kinds of, of crews or teams um, within the base. And um, they are like Lego blocks. You use them <laughs> uh, as you want. I always tell people, I hope you have as many value stream crews as possible because that is like the most popular block the mm -hmm. Lego block, the, the 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 most beneficial ones. I hope seventy percent of your teams are of that type. Right. But an enterprise of one hundred thousand people is not uh, twenty thousand Scrum teams. Yeah. That that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You need some other kinds of teams to hold it all together. Um, and uh, that is why team topologies identify the different kinds because not everyone is offering value to a customer. Some people are offering value internally to mm -hmm. the other employees. Mm -hmm. And then there are different kinds of behaviors that you can identify, like a yeah. platform crew, as I call them, they offer value to others on a self-service basis, almost like an API or sometimes literally through an API right. in, in terms of technical infrastructure or DevOps capabilities, whatever. But I have seen kindergarten on site at a company uh, mm -hmm. where I was a couple of years ago. And uh, you could bring your baby and toddler and throw them in the basement. And by the end of the day, you could pick them up. That's an <laughs> API as well. Yeah. Um, that is that is also a platform crew, the kindergarten team. Um, so uh, that's, that's, that's one kind, the platform crew. And then there's others, the facilitation crew and capability crew. Yeah alternative uh, yeah. exceptions uh, to to the role you could say right but it, it I, I do want to reiterate and, and get your confirmation this is not something you would be setting up all these crews up front right this is you're building piece by piece you're starting somewhere start small so this is not completing the picture and having a crew everywhere this is not installing 
you're on fix, you might start with the eValue stream crew and uh and, no, it's uh, sometimes it's more uh clarifying what people are already doing or, right. or giving it a name to something that seemed sensible. Actually, yeah. I had people reach out to me literally when I published the unfix model for the first time, where people said, finally, now, now we have a language for what we have already been doing for several years. And it seemed natural to us, only we yeah. didn't we didn't see this visualized yeah. in in other uh, frameworks like uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, so there are several case studies like that on 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 the Unfix website where companies already use the patterns. They they didn't have the names yet. I was just giving it a name and a color, and and, and that's it. Right. Um. So what 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 can help is with a pattern language is uh, it helps people to have a conversation. Like, okay, we have a couple of Scrum teams here. Um, that is obvious, or Kanban teams, whatever your preferred uh, right. Agile approach. But uh, a few of the other people are inward-facing uh, with the things that they do instead of outward-facing. What, what are they? Well, it depends on how they behave. Do they literally sit with the others are they facilitating like agile coaches and and so on then they would be a facilitation crew that's a different kind but that gives you a name it gives yeah. you it gives those people recognition like exactly, ah yeah. so we we are this we are this pattern the facilitation crew pattern yeah. so now we we know how to explain what we do <laughs> yeah to to the others and if you don't have it, then you might want to consider it. Like, okay, um, you have 10 scrum teams or something. Maybe you want to consider yeah. uh, a facilitation crew because it could offer these benefits. Uh, they might be interesting in your, in your context. So read up on the available patterns and decide whether this building block is something for you. Yeah. And then you use it or you don't. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you're talking to a pattern freak, right? Um, I love, I love the thinking behind it. I have, you know, read all this, this stuff in the past. And as you mentioned, this started a while back. So um, really cool stuff. And um, for everybody out there interested in, in unfix, obviously unfix.com is, is the place to go uh, to learn a little bit about it. Um, as you said, you're on your way to a conference, you're speaking, there's also unfix conferences. Um what's what's your approach on um you know sharing the wealth of unfix uh with the world more conferences is there the, the training programs behind it etc how do you how do you uh multiply Jochen around the world in a in a way cloning um that, that your model is uh sticking I'm, I'm glad that we we cannot clone ourselves because I'm a difficult enough person as it is uh <laughs> So I wouldn't I wouldn't want to bother the world with multiple copies of me, um, but um, no kidding kidding all kidding aside, um, I, I do want the word out and and of course I wanted people to play with this. I love working on the model and the pattern language itself. I'm very very happy to be doing the research and and pattern analysis and coming up with names and visualizations. I have other people who in their own way, try to bring this to an audience. So for example, the UnfixCon is organized by other people uh, in Berlin. Um, I know them well, they use the brand, I am involved, but it, 
it is not me doing this. Um, I have a team that is working on partnerships, so people can sign up as a partner and then use the the the, the courseware materials to give unfixed foundation classes. Mm-hmm. Again, I have a team for that. It's not what I do. Uh, right. There's someone else creating an app, a, a plotter app that you can use to design on your computer. Right your org design with the unfixed patterns. Again, that's somebody else. So I actually want to enable a lot of people uh, who have an idea of how can I bring this pattern language to certain users, customers um, in any way that that seems sensible and then enable them to do that. Um, I have someone creating a web shop with mugs and t-shirts and so on. All right, thumbs up. Up. And and someone else uh, might be writing books uh, on the topics or creating courseware modules. Uh, mm-hmm. All of that I delegate to others. Uh, I just want to focus on the pattern set because that makes me happy. Awesome. Well, Jürgen, and you also speak about it. So uh, uh, have fun with that. Meet a lot of people. Uh, the unfixed model is the first thing that's going to strike you when you go to the website. It's colors, lots of colors. And uh, maybe that is uh, an expression on diversity, diversity and uh, uh the patterns uh the approach uh and maybe the ways of how people approach unfix in in many many different ways um thank you Uh, the the colors uh, well actually uh, i've used colors for for 15 years people know me i'm a Mm -hmm. uh, i consider myself in an eternal midlife crisis and i i I need colors (laughs) to feel young (laughs) but at the same time um it gives people a sense of playing with a Lego or having a playful toolbox. Right. It it should not look boring. That yeah. I find I find very important. Uh, so there is also marketing, uh, psychological. Uh, it has to be colorful because life is too life is too short to use only boring colors. Yo. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm a black t-shirt guy. <laughs> 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 Jochen, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you too. And uh, thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, and uh, good luck with Antics. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.